So in terms of um, diagnosis, there are different ways to get diagnosed, right? I understand that it's the laparoscopy and it's also an ultrasound. Are there any other um, methods of diagnosis? So there are some novel approaches looking at a blood test to look at whether or not there there's raised markers associated with endometriosis. Um, whether or not those are commercially available and 100% reliable, uh, that still needs to be like, confirmed in terms of studies, but that, that's what they're looking at. So remember, many of these things are, there are many markers of, of inflammation which are non-specific. So you may, you may be able to indicate that there is inflammation, but you may not be able to attribute that to endometriosis alone, increased in other conditions which also give rise to, to inflammation. So, but they are looking at, at blood markers for endometriosis, but the mainstay, the gold standard, currently is still laparoscopy, which not only diagnostic, but therapeutic. Uh, you know, our feeling is that if you're going to be exposing a patient to an anesthetic and the risks associated with anesthesia, you should really be offering them definitive treatment at the time of diagnosis. Uh, you should not simply be doing the laparoscopy in order to wake them up and tell them, yes, in fact, your pain is caused by endometriosis. Now let's think about um, sending you to someone who can operate your endometriosis. You need to offer one-stop solutions for your patients. What I'm saying is the patient should have sufficient symptoms for surgery, Mm. and if you're going to do surgery for the purpose of diagnosis, you should be able to treat the pathology that you find. Um, So, in other words, you shouldn't just be offering diagnostic laparoscopy and no treatment associated with it. Um, Just to just to avoid the patient having another anesthetic and another procedure. I just want us to talk about what treatment options are available once a patient has been um, diagnosed. Well, I suppose, I suppose you can divide them up depending on, on the age of the patient, and the fertility desires of the patient, and um, of course the preferences of the patient in terms of uh, what they find acceptable. So, so if we're starting off with young patients there are basically two groups there, those looking to conceive, in other words, to call pregnant, and those uh, simply wanting to uh, have some sort of symptomatic relief. So at the very sort of basic level, anything that reduces the volume of menstruation or takes menstruation away completely will reduce to some extent the pain experienced by endometriosis, and it will slow the, the, um, the progression of the disease. So things like the oral contraceptive pill will will aid that. Um, All of the injectable contraceptives, Depo-Provera, Noesterate, which are associated with amenorrhea, the absence of menstrual cycles, will reduce menstrual pain, and they will reduce the spread of endometriosis while the patient is on that medication. There's also an oral progesterone-only tablet, which is available, it's called Bizan, and uh, it's a Bayer product specifically designed for patients with endometriosis. Mm. Not registered as a contraceptive, it's registered as a, as a, as a medication specifically for endometriosis. Um, even something as simple as the Mirena, which is a, an intrauterine device which releases progesterone, um, is associated with a reduction in menstrual volume and amenorrhea. And to an extent, that could also improve symptoms, although less effective 
because it's more localized that's only addressing menstruation at the level of the uterus, but it may help. Um, and then in terms of, of young patients looking to uh, conceive, all of these hormonal treatments prevent you conceiving. It prevents pregnancy. You're talking about essentially hormonal contraceptive agents. Um, so in that case, surgery may be a better option in terms of giving them symptomatic relief and then also, in some cases, improving their, their fertility. Uh, and then, of course, one has, to, one has to differentiate between patients with mild endometriosis and patients with other causes of infertility in which the operation for the endometriosis may not be the solution to the infertility. So one, one has to look at that. There's some hormonal treatments which I haven't mentioned yet, and these are not really long-term solutions. These are short-term solutions, and that's why I haven't, like Lucrin, Danazol, these are medicines which essentially turn off the ovaries, and their use is limited to three to six months only because they're quite profound side effects. So these patients develop hot flushes, vaginal dryness, uh, they can get osteo, um, they can uh, well, they can reduce their bone density so they can predispose to osteoporosis. So you <laughs> don't really want to give those to young women for any long period of time, but they will provide short-term symptomatic relief and they have been used historically. Danazole is very limited because of its androgenic side effects. So so not only will it make you feel postmenopausal, but it may, may encourage uh, the growth of facial hair, um, you know, so those um, unacceptable side effects. And then in the older patient uh, who's completed a family, uh, one may even be as radical as to suggest something like a hysterectomy. I'm not suggesting that as mainstream treatment for endometriosis, don't get me wrong, but uh, a lot of patients have been treated in that way in the past. I think that's probably not, um, but that would be for someone that has other lesions in her pelvis, perhaps myomas, fibroids, um, precancerous lesions of the cervix, and she has endometriosis and is struggling with menstrual pain. That might be a final solution. Like a last resort. Mm. Yeah, but um, but for the mainstream, it's hormonal. Patients who are not ready to conceive or not looking to conceive, so it's medical. Mm. And for the patients looking to conceive, generally speaking, it would be surgical, assuming mm. they didn't have any other um, factors that were impacting their fertility. Um, and uh, once pregnant, obviously there's no menstrual cycles during pregnancy. So many of these patients feel that during pregnancy they have a sense of relief. Mm. Yeah, total relief. Very often it, it um, provides them with some post-pregnancy relief as well. Just think the pregnancy is okay. I'm just saying, when <laughs> pregnant, they they seem to have uh, some resolution of their symptoms.